with TUI. Um, delighted to be joined today by Amy Williams, who is the Senior Security uh, Services Consultant with Fortra, um, who some of you would, would probably remember as Help Systems, um, if you don't know about the, uh, the name change. Um, so hello, Amy. Hello, Paul. It's so nice to be here today. Cool. So, so listen, Amy, a, a, a good place to start. We, we, can you maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do at Fortra, please? Yeah. So, um, it, you know, I fell into the IBMI like many of us. I kind of tripped and fell, thought I was going to be a Windows, you know, programmer when I was a kid. And then I really got hooked on the IBMI um, working in a job in the casinos. I'm located in Las Vegas, so you can't get away from working in the casinos in Las Vegas. Um, and then I really stuck with it. And then the security um, caught my attention and I haven't let go of it since. So at Fortra, I've been able to really be able to help people do the types of things with their IBMI to get them more secure that I was able to do when I was running my own shops. So it's a lot of fun to be able to see people being able to make forward motion in that security arena that's been hard to tackle sometimes. Yeah, it's an interesting when you mentioned that the casinos. A lot of people aren't aware of that. How many casinos actually run on on uh, on IBMI? So, oh, always a good idea. Where the money is is where you find the good systems. <laughs> All right, <laughs> dependability and stability is is required. Yes. So um, let me throw something at you, Amy. So mm -hmm. IBMI is the most secure system in existence. True or false? False. If a system's turned on and it's left at the defaults, it's not going to be secure. And IBMI is no different. What I will say is that IBMI is probably one of the most securable systems. And I know that we use that term a lot with IBMI because IBM's provided so many ways built into the system to secure it. And because of that I being integrated, it can take on numerous different you know, applications or third-party softwares to enhance that even further from what IBM's provided just in the base operating system. Okay. So, um, yeah, there, there was a great comment I heard, I remember, once years ago was that IBM I was security through obscurity. But so you mentioned, I mean, working all the, the in-house stuff and that you've done, obviously, um, with your job, you, you've come across a lot of different systems. So are, are, there, are there common problems that you see, Amy, on systems, like across the board? There are, and because the IBMI has been such a staple in so many industries for so long, what I find is that a lot of the problems get carried forward because that IBMI is backwards compatible. So what software you were running on version, you know, 3.2, I dare say, is still running today on version 7.4 and 7.5. Well, a lot of those problems come forward because if it's working, you don't want to break it. Mm. And with those previous systems, nobody was thinking about security, right? We had our TwinX terminals that we were plugged in. And if you didn't have physical access to it, you, you know, you can get to it. And, mm. you know, TCP IP changed that whole world. Right. And now external access and remote and you can be anywhere in accessing that data. So different steps need to be taken because you can't simply rely on your application and menu security anymore. You need to start looking 
at who's coming into your system and having access, right? With either mm -hmm. a software firewall, similar to the PowerTech exit point manager, um, or just your object level security, right? That's all built into the IBM I. Again, they've given us the tools to do it, but it can be quite a bit of work. So mm -hmm. we also have products that'll help with automating that and keeping track of it for you instead of all the spreadsheets that <laughs> can make your head spin trying to keep track of those. Yeah. So so are are there a few any sort of the common things that you see there, Amy, like like you know, system values that people should be changing but aren't and and that? Yeah. So and surprisingly with the moving forward, we still find a number of systems out there that are running at lower security levels. And I think that still surprises me quite a bit today. Um, but some of the most common is, you know, all object authority. We always talk about it. Just, you know, give the users all object authority and then you don't have to worry about anything breaking because everything just works. <laughs> right? you know, it was the first solution in a number of shops I was, you know, working in. They're like, oh, yeah, just give them all object and we'll figure it out later. Well, later never comes, right? Um, I worked with somebody for, for quite some time and their line was that security is always the 12th item on 10 item list. And mm. so paying attention to those, not only the system values, where password rules, we're still using a minimum of six characters on a lot of systems out there. And even though NIST came out years ago, saying, yeah, you don't have to change your password every 90 days anymore. But the length of the password is truly where the strength comes in. So mm. the recommendations is really to have 12 to 16 characters minimum on your passwords. And we're still finding today many shops aren't going past that minimum of eight, which is <laughs> disconcerting when you think of the value of the data that's stored on these systems. Yeah, and I, and I wonder how many of those passwords are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, if you're at a lower password level, it's not even case sensitive. So you can type it in any which way you want, and it's going to work. Um, so moving to a higher password level and using the password rules that will allow you to almost get your password complexity rules as similar to what you have working possibly with your Active Directory, right? and making those match up so it's easier for users to create those passphrases that they'll be able to remember and not have to write down um, mm -hmm. if they're using similar ways of creating them, so to speak. Yeah. So so of all of these, Amy, what's the one that surprises you the most? Uh, beyond the security level 20 is the number of systems that still don't have auditing turned on. And people don't even know what's happening on their systems, right? We think everybody knows everything, right? Everybody's watching, right? There's cameras everywhere and everything's being logged, but there are still a number of, of customers we've worked with that have never even turned on logging. So they don't know what's happening on their systems. And that one I always catches me, I think, the most by surprise because I've relied on the logs for so long um, mm. that it, I always thought it was just a given that everybody had turned on, um, and they don't. So, so it's not turned on by default. No, it's not turned on by default. Um, IBM does provide a, a single command that creates the journal for you and starts the auditing and allows you to set the best practice values into it. So it's not complicated. You can run that single command, and your auditing started for you. 
But then you do have to manage those journals in storage, even today, working mm -hmm. in a terabyte world, right? I started, my first system I managed was eight gig. Right? <laughs> when my development system was two gig and we were running an entire business on it. Um, and now we're talking about terabytes, right, of data. But those terabytes are still getting taken up. So storage is always a concern. And somehow logging always is the first victim when, you know, storage becomes critical mass, you wipe out all of your logging. So if you're not storing those or compressing them in some way, getting them off the system um, mm. into a SIM, you, you have no way of knowing if something did go wrong or badly on your system, how that may have happened because the data is gone or it didn't exist in the first place if you haven't turned it on. Yeah. So, 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 so given that, okay, okay, so take it that a lot of the shops out there are the ones that have been doing things and just carrying forward for, mm -hmm. for years. And um, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of facing a, a, a tough thing. So, 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 so what do you recommend they do? So really getting to know your system and you can you know, do that. We have our free security scan that you can sign up for. It takes seconds. And it gives you a really good overview of a lot of the things I've talked about today. Your security level, the number of profiles that have all object authority. Um, something else that it'll bring up is inactive profiles. And we find out that customers that haven't really looked at their systems, that have just been you know, keeping it running and going, have hundreds, if not thousands, of inactive profiles. And when I talk about inactive, I've seen like last use dates in the 90s on user profiles mm. because those profiles just keep coming with every migration and every save restore that they've done of the system. And they've never removed those old profiles. Mm. So inactive profiles get carried forward. Um, the less than optimal security settings, so anywhere from your password um, activity where you don't have to ever change your password, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? Where the expiration's no, none. So you don't ever have to change your password or the number of previous passwords you have to use is set to none. So you have to change your password every 90 days, but really you just have to type in the same password again and mm -hmm. the system acknowledges that as a change. Um, so these are some of the unique bad configurations that we do see out there. And a lot of times customers don't know until they perform that first security scan that their systems are even set that way because they've okay, either so, inherited so, the box. Yeah. So I was just going to say there, I mean, sorry, you, you, you did use a four lettered word there. Did you say free? Free. Yes, it is. And it, it, it runs remarkably fast. I'm always surprised. Um, and it turns out a lot of information about your system that would take some time to do manually, right? Through the different reports of displaying user profiles or displaying the private authorities of profiles, right? It'll let you know if you don't have your profiles secure. So if public has been granted authority to a user profile, this report will let you know that you have those outliers out there. Now we have a deeper dive service, Paul, that I provide um, through our group is the risk assessment. And in mm -hmm. the risk assessment, which is a paid engagement, 
we go into the deep, dark depths and we actually show you the individual profiles and we show you those individual configurations and your biggest vulnerabilities. And we also provide you what those steps are that you can take to correct them. And I always tell my customers, we want you to be as independent as you want to be. So we'll help you. We'll step you through step by step, or we'll just give you the high level guidelines and you can go and do it yourself and come back to us if you have questions. The more independent and the more resilient our customers are with the information we're able to educate them with, the better off all of us are and the more secure our data is out there in the world. Well, I no, that's a that's a good thing to finish the business part of this on. But before we go, okay, <laughs> I happen to know that you do something that is very close to my heart. Now, I come at it from a completely different angle, okay? <laughs> I'm more on the QA and consumption side of this. You're more on the manufacturing and creating side of it. <laughs> yes. Um. So, yeah, so when uh, my other half and I became empty nesters and the last kid went off to college, um, I, I needed to do something, right? The house is empty and you all of a sudden find yourself with time you didn't have. Um, so our granddaughter loved watching these cookie decorating videos. So constantly this is what we were doing. So I started decorating cookies. So after a couple of years, I had friends actually ask me to make cookies for their baby showers and a couple of weddings. And so I turned it into a whole little side business. So that's how I get away from the computer screens and get away from, you know, thinking about all the horrible things about security, right? (laughs) So I do um, decorated cookies on the side. It's a lot of fun. It, It actually brought out a a creativity side of my own that I didn't really realize I had because I've done technology forever, right? The Air Force I was in, the tech sector in the 90s didn't know it was IT back then, right? (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, so that kind of broke me out of my, my bubble a little bit. Well, Amy, I look forward to whenever I have the opportunity to, <laughs> to, to sample <laughs> Absolutely. Some if I get the opportunity to meet you in person, Paul, absolutely, I will come prepared. <laughs> come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and uh, continued success. And please, everyone, uh, check out the uh, uh, Fortra website for that, a free security check. Just just run a quick check and see see where your systems are. So thank you, Amy. Thank you so much, Paul. Okay, everyone, that's it for this uh, iTalk business with TUI. Uh, hopefully see you again soon for another one. Bye for now. <laughs>